right, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews. You guys pray for the preacher today. He's got about 20 things on his mind. He can't seem to get them all organized. But I know the Lord can speak regardless. So for the last... um, really almost a month and a half, we've been focused on the Warrior Series. And today what we want to really do is we want to, we're going to turn the page on kind of a new study here for a while. And I think what's kind of come out of this, this fall, a lot of our conversations have been kind of keep pushing to this place where we need to be a better people that are focused on who Jesus is. And we can get tied into trying to figure out finances and marriages and parenting and that stuff's all good but I really think we need to get focused on who is Jesus and bring Jesus in our conversations everywhere we are, at work, at play, with our families. We're going to have some holiday time here. And so I thought as I was uh, reading my devotions, I've been through Hebrews, and it's been so good to me. We won't go necessarily verse by verse through the whole book, or it might be all of 2020. That's probably all we get done. (laughs) So I'll be pulling out different highlighted passages as we make our way through the book. But I would encourage you over the next couple months to, if you'd like to spend a little time in Hebrews and really soak in that a little bit. We will take a little break for Christmas, so I'll have a couple Christmas messages for those two, the Sunday before Christmas and the week before that. But other than that, this is going to be our focus uh, for a while. So if you have any questions, let me know. In January, we're going to start something a little bit different. We're going to try on the first Sunday and the last Sunday of the month, if you're interested, to have kind of a discussion and reflection time after the message. So out of our planning retreat, some people mentioned that, well, sometimes, preacher, it's good to hear, but then we want to talk about it with other people or we have questions about what we learn. Could we set aside a little time for that? And you guys know we try to pack a lot in a lot of times. We have meetings on the second Sunday, and usually our homeless ministry, which is today, is on the third Sunday. And so we will... um, We'll be gone and we're doing stuff after church. But for those other two weeks, we're going to try to actually give you opportunity to reflect. Okay. Before we jump into the message real quick, does anyone have any prayer requests or praise items this morning?
pray for that the Lord will help him as he tries to make those changes, but then praise the Lord for it, for what, how he's able to see God working on his difficulties. That's a good gift, a hard gift. What else on your heart this morning?
pray we do have a almost opportunity. You can, anybody that wants to stay at our church can help us. It takes us about 15 minutes, 20 minutes to prepare meals. And then we go downtown to the library. And this takes about 10 to 15 minutes to hand out. You're welcome to stay. And, and then um, also, then next time, we're going to be inviting people for our Thanksgiving meals. So pray that that'll be a good day of fellowship. And some new people will come and be encouraged. And we'll be done. You guys pray for me today. I have to meet with them. Alright guys, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to guide us today. God, we love you today. We just want to say thank you so much already for our time of worship and for reminding us what's most important. I pray that you would hear the request that I mentioned today. We pray for this little boy that's a friend of Melissa's Lord. I pray that you would really uh, ease his anxieties and be close to him. I will especially pray today for, for Craig and Baldo that you would work in their lives, Lord, to help them to go through some difficult things, but also for the, the way they're seeing how you're at work. I pray that you continue to encourage them. Well, we pray for those that aren't here today that we love and that we're uh, continuing to pray for their health or their spiritual needs. Just we pray that you would watch over them. Lord, for uh, John's niece, we ask you to watch over her even today. Be with her little baby and all of them. For Dasha and for Esther and Central Lord, as they try to make good decisions about schooling, just pray that you really open up what your plan is and help them to heed it and to feel confident in that. And Lord, again, we pray for our young kids as they are class today, keep speaking to their hearts, and the Lord guide us as we go downtown today, and use this day for your glory, for us to be able to show love to people that desperately need to know that you can. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. All right, if you guys will have the theme of the whole book, the theme of the whole book is Jesus is better. Let's look in Hebrews chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to start, this actually is King James at the beginning, but will be in NIV throughout the rest of the message. You can follow along on the slides if you like. Oh, also, by the way, I forgot to mention, if anybody that's visiting today, if you would like, if you have any prayer requests, you can write those down on the back of your bulletin. And if you, uh, we would love if you give us your contact information, we'll stay in touch, but that's up to you. But I just want to share those things. If you want to leave them in your pew, we'd be glad to pray with the things that are on your heart too. All right. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, beginning verse 1, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, and by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Verse 4, being made so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Part of the thing that has challenged me about this series is that we are facing a time in the States that's different than it has been in a long time. We are seeing that younger generations are increasingly less likely to believe that Jesus is God. Okay? Give me, a, give me a few stats here. I'll try not to wear you out, but some things to think about for a second. 
The historicity of Jesus is not really in question for most Americans. If you look at the surveys, almost 90, 95% of people believe that Jesus was a real person, that he was born, and that he lived. Um, but people are much less confident about the divinity of Jesus or the truth that Jesus is God. Now, currently, here in the States, most adults, not quite, but almost 6 in 10, believe that Jesus is God. And about one quarter say that he was just a religious or a spiritual leader like Muhammad or a Buddha. The remaining, one in six, will say they're not sure whether Jesus was divine. So it's 18%. But here's what I want you to notice. This is what is changing. Uh, millennials, you guys kind of know millennials are in the news a lot, that people group, right? <laughs> Millennials are the only generation among whom fewer than half believe Jesus was God. And so that's about 48%. So in other words, we're kind of trending in the wrong direction. About one-third of young adults say instead that Jesus was merely a religious or spiritual leader, and about 70% of those say they aren't sure what exactly he was. Now, we've been studying enough things to know that people around the world all have different views of Christ, Right? And what's interesting is that even if you look at, like, Muslims, they believe that there is Jesus, but they don't believe that he is God like we would believe, okay? Um, even Hindus would just add Jesus as another God to their three or four hundred million gods, right? He fits right in. He's just another one of, of many, but they don't believe he is the God. But what we're seeing here, of course, in our country is that in a place where for the longest time, most of our country, a majority, would have held a high view of the divinity of Jesus, that that now is being broken. And so my challenge to you is this. Now more than ever, we need a clear picture of who Jesus is. And I think the best way to do that is to go to the Scripture and to grab hold of who is the Lord and then put that in our hearts and take that message out with us as we work and play and serve and live. So I hope that when we're done in the next few months that you'll get to know more about Jesus and that you'll want to tell others about him. So look with me again, verse 2. I'm going to read this time in NIV, or excuse me, verse 1 of uh, chapter 1. And this time, again, hear those words and see if we can make our way through this passage and get a good picture even this morning of Jesus who is our creator and our sustainer. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as his name he has inherited is superior to theirs. In the past, how did God speak? What's scripture say? Go ahead. Pillars of fire would be an example, good. Prophets, right? He spoke to and through the prophets. And what I want you to think about just briefly, he says, in many times and in various ways. Now, what's kind of interesting is you study the Old Testament, you have times where God is extremely loud, like he is proclaiming and there's lots of revelation. And then you have times where it's just like, it goes quiet. And like for hundreds of years, you don't hear anything from God. And then all of a sudden, God is speaking again. So many different times. Matthew Henry put it like this. It's pretty good. He says, God revealed himself to Adam. 
that the Messiah should come of the seed of the woman. So you can go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 in verse 15 to find that there's this prophecy that Jesus is going to come, right? What does the scripture say? Do you remember? The serpent is going to strike his heel, but what is the Messiah going to do to the serpent? He's going to crush his head, right? So from the very third chapter of the Bible, we have truth and prophecy that God reveals that the Messiah is going to come. And then all of that we get to Abraham, and we see that it's revealed to Abraham that the Messiah is going to come from the spring from his loins. So from as numerous as the stars in the sky is going to be the children of Abraham, and from and through Abraham, Messiah is going to come revealed to him. To Jacob, it's revealed that the Messiah will be out of the tribe of Judah. To David, it'll be revealed that he would be of his house, to Micah, that he would be born in what town? We're about ready to go through all this again. Bethlehem, right? Amen. Again, all these things are revealed to the prophets across various times. And of course, to Isaiah, about 700 years before Jesus is born, it's prophesied that he would be born of a virgin. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bring forth the son, and we shall call his name. Amen. God is with us, right? So it's amazing how through different times and different places, God is revealing himself. Uh, and so that's exactly what the author of Hebrews is saying there. That God didn't do it all at one time, but over time to different people, he's revealed himself. And again, there's quiet times and there's very loud times. But not only did he speak in many times, he also spoke in many ways, right? And that's what you guys were hinting at just a while ago. Uh, here we find out sometimes, again, from Matthew Henry, some good things to think about. Sometimes he spoke through dreams. Think about a lot of the different people that had dreams, right? Jacob had Jacob's ladder, right? He saw that dream, okay? And even sometimes through the dreams of unbelievers, God did amazing things. Think about in Egypt, right? When the Pharaoh had the dream of famine, and then the whole history has changed because this guy that was down in jail interpreted dreams for a baker and a cupbearer. And the next thing you know, he's interpreting dreams for a king. So again, sometimes God spoke through the dreams to reveal himself. Sometimes God speaks in an audible voice. How would you handle that, you think? Samuel, Samuel. <laughs> what was that? Samuel. He runs down to the priest. I think, I'm not sure, but somebody is calling my name. What's going on here? Right. And Eli says, you just need to offer yourself humble. Now, I have never, I'm going to be honest with you, I have never heard God speak audibly. But the scripture says that he did, and therefore I believe that he did. For different people at different times, right? What a kind of an amazing thing, but also almost a scary thing at the same time, right? That the, the voice of God that you would hear. He would speak sometimes by the things that he would reveal, he would reveal by his own hand. Think about that, right? So God writes out the Ten Commandments. What do you think that looked like for Moses to be there when that happens? Or even probably just as more, even more frightening. Uh, you've got King Nebuchadnezzar and all the things that he went through, and then his son Belshazzar comes, and Daniel is there, and Belshazzar is a very arrogant man. And Daniel says, tonight God is going to require your life. God actually writes on the wall. Way numbered, divided God's message isn't always 
happy. <laughs> it's not always butterflies and rainbows, right? Sometimes it is scary. Sometimes it is truth of his wrath. But God has revealed himself many different times, and he's done it through many different ways. In all these different ways, God has been revealing himself and his plan to his people. Briefly, let's look at Numbers chapter 12. I want you to see that Moses had a very special relationship with God. Numbers 12, verse 6, the scripture says, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions, and I speak to them in dreams. Verse 7, but this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house, and with him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Wow, right? Now, here's what I want you to grab hold of, and we're going to hit this up in the book of Hebrews here, too. Moses was one of the rare people who gets a glimpse of God's word. God would speak to audibly and reveal himself very clearly. And yet what you're going to find out is that Jesus is I love Moses. I love his name. I love his stories. I love what he did for his people, but Jesus is better. And so all this comes around to verse 2, the scripture here in Hebrew says, in these last days, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. Now, how many of you have heard the old-time religion? Right? Man, I'm getting old. I used to be the young whippersnapper, and I'm just not a Give me that old-time religion. But it's good enough for me, right? It was good for Paul. I mean, you just go down, remember all the different verses? There's probably like 100 verses that song. People would clap and, all right, give me the old time religion, right? Well, here what I want you to think about is when the Jews ran into this truth that we're talking about today, it was a new time religion. It was new to them to think that now everything is going to come and be revealed through Jesus. And that's not easy, is it? Their teaching, their upbringing, the things that they knew were all being challenged. Now, if they'd paid attention closely, they would see that it all was coming together, that all the things they had been learning had been pointing to Christ. But if they had some teachers who weren't teaching the correct way, they could have been like, wait a minute, this is a whole different thing. I don't think I can go this way. This is what I was taught to believe. Hello? How many of you, it's real easy for, for people to change your opinions about things? Anybody? As we get older, it just gets harder and harder, right? Okay? And so what is being revealed here is a really powerful thing, but it's something that's going to take some serious humility to understand. Because all this time, you've seen God speak through the prophets, and he spoke through their dreams, and he spoke through their visions, and he did all these miraculous things. But now the author of Hebrews says it's come down to one man, and his name is Jesus, and God has revealed himself through his son. Whoa, listen up. Jesus is better. You guys are going to get, and we all get tempted by a lot of things today, to to take opinions in here and advice from here and understanding from here. And if you get nothing else from any of this series, is that you better get your most important information from the Son of God because he has revealed it to us. And it's in his word and it's through his life and through his testimony. In these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. Again, think with me just a minute here. Some of the people that are reading this book may have heard Jesus teach. 
Now, what do you think about that? We said Jesus was showing up in uh, Louisville tomorrow to teach. Anybody going? <laughs> that would be awesome, right? Okay. Think about it this way. If you wanted to learn how to hit home runs and you could have a private session with Babe Ruth, think you'd take advantage of that? And if you want to learn what it was to, to fly and nail a jump shot and be the best defender ever in the NBA, don't you argue with me, right? Michael Jordan would be your guy that you could sit down with, right? If you could sit down with Michael Jordan or play and practice with him, wouldn't that be amazing? You guys, do you hear what we're saying today? The truth of creation, the truth of your purpose in life has been revealed to us by the one who made you. God's son. It's not third hand. It's not coming through a prophet. It's not coming through even someone as great as Moses. It is coming through Jesus and his teaching. Again, the prophets were good and they gave us God's word. And it's no less God's word because it was given by men, but it's amazing that God came to earth to give us the message himself. C.S. Lewis put this down. I thought it was kind of interesting to see what you think. He writes, he says, lying at your feet is your dog. Imagine for the moment that your dog and every dog is in deep distress, and some of us love dogs very much. If it would help all the dogs in the world to become like men, would you be willing to become a dog? Would you put down your human nature, leave your loved ones, your jobs, your hobbies, your art and literature and music, and choose instead of the intimate communion with your most loved human friend, beloved, the poor substitute of looking into that beloved's face and here you go, wagging your tail, unable to smile or speak. Would you become a dog to reach dogs? That sounds really odd, doesn't it? Jesus Christ, he says, by becoming man, limited the thing which to him was the most precious thing in the world, his unhampered, unhindered communion with the Father. We're about to really celebrate that, aren't we? If you will understand where I'm coming from, Jesus became a dog. Again, in the beginning, God revealed himself to the prophets in times and ways, but now he's revealed himself through his son. Who is the son of God? This will be our focus here today, and we'll walk through these quickly, but I hope that, again, you're going to get a picture of Jesus. And if you do have questions later on, feel free to hunt me down, and let's talk about these things. Who is the son of God? Whom he appointed, the heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe, the son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. All right, follow with me on these things just briefly. He is the heir of all things. That's who the son is. As the son would inherit his father's possessions, so Jesus is the heir of all things, seeing that all things belong to the father. Who is Jesus? He's the heir. And if it needs some reminding, a very familiar passage, we talk about the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. Look at it again and look at it a little differently. The scripture says, and Jesus came and he spake unto them saying, all, what? All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. What was given to him? All power. Who is the son? <laughs> he's the powerful one, and he's the son of God. It was given to him, all right? 
Today, think about Jesus is better. He's the all-powerful one. Another reminder about his power is in John chapter 5, verse 22. For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto whom? Unto the Son. Who's the judge? Jesus, right? That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which has sin. Jesus is the heir today. And does that, how does that make us feel about what we should treat the things that he shares with us, right? I don't go into the whole long parable. Do you remember the story when the vineyard, owner of the vineyard, he goes away and he has his tenants there and they start to try to take things over? And uh, the, the vineyard owner, he sends one of the servants and they beat the living daylights out. They send another servant and beat the living daylights out. And the vineyard owner says, okay, I'm going to send my son because they'll treat my son with respect because he's the son, what do they do to the son? Actually, what do we do to the son? The nails of his hands God sent his son. And this is the message today. In Hebrews, God gave us the son. Take the gifts that he has given as a representation of his father. All right? He's the heir of all things. He is the creator. So if you're trying to get specific, this is important. Jesus is the one through whom God made the universe. The creator is spoken. Again, many of my favorite verses, Colossians chapter 1, verse 14 and following. There Paul writes, and speaking again of Jesus, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature or all creation, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Moses is amazing, but he never created water out of nothing. He didn't make the Grand Canyon. He didn't lift up any of the mountains, and he didn't put the stars in place. But Jesus did. That's why when we're talking about this message, why it's so important. God has revealed himself through his son. Jesus is the creator of all things. And then one of my favorite truths is this next one. He is the sustainer. The one who sustains us by his powerful word is speaking his word to us. What a great God we serve that he would not only hold us together, but that he would rescue us from death and show us purpose and peace in life. Again, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, the scripture says, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. I'm not a science person here. We could have our friendly chemist over here could break out the microscopes and probably explain some things to us. But the way that I view and think of things like this is that even the atoms are held together by Jesus. And if he ceases, everything just explodes. <laughs> because he's keeping it all. We consist because of what he He's the one who knows how things are put together. He is the great system. He is the radiance of God's glory. Again, I'm going right through Hebrews here, if you guys are following along with me. Jesus is God dwelling among men. John chapter 1, and the word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, put yourself in Peter and James and John's perspective, in Luke and Matthew and Mark, right? 
Thaddeus. They saw God in human flesh. And he revealed himself through his works to them. Revelation 31:23 again a reminder of the fact that Jesus is God's glory and the radiance of it. And the scripture says in the city this is to come. The city had no need for the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. Why? For the glory of God did lighten it and the land is When I was in seminary, one of our music professors he would sing this song all the time that there would be no need for the sun or the moon to shine this light because Jesus would be all Can you imagine? I don't know what that is all entails, but I know that it is a representation of God to us. He is the exact representation of the Father. Look down if you would here. This is in uh, John, again, chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me? (laughs) Did you catch that? Philip says, show us the father. Jesus says, don't you know me? What is Jesus saying about himself, right? He and the father are one. Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Perhaps the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say I am the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the There's a whole world of people that will tell you to go discover God through all kinds of ways. What does the author of Hebrews remind us? Jesus is the way to God. You guys, I love all kinds of people of all kinds of walks of life but I honor God's truth of all things. There's one way to be reconciled to God. And that is to be a Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. Right? There's no penology in that. So we stand on this truth. Yes, God revealed himself through the prophets but in these last days he has revealed himself through his son. Jesus is the one who finished the job I love this. Jesus didn't just talk about being a servant. He didn't just teach about being a living sacrifice. He was the sacrifice for our sin. And in a perfect manner, he finished what he came to do. Amen? John 19.30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Again, I'll never get over that phrase. I looked up the phrase, the Greek word is tetelestai, for it is finished. I looked it up for one of the Good Fridays. And it did the translation in modern Greek, and the translation was game over. Isn't that awesome? Game over. It is finished. Jesus finished it. He sits at the right hand of majesty. The law received from the prophets was powerful and effective, and it did what it was designed to do. But now we have majesty delivering us the gospel. If the law was great, how much greater the gospel. Jesus truly. All right, guys, here, here, this is conclusion, just some things to think about today. So what? What if God stopped doing one method and now used his son to speak to us? What does that mean to me in 2019? So what? What if Jesus is the radiance and exact representation of God's glory? What does that have to do with tomorrow morning at work? <laughs> so what if Jesus is the creator, sustainer, and heir of all things? 
What does that have to do with my life? This is one of those questions that you have to answer yourself. The very fact that Jesus is means that you are, and without him you would really be nothing. You would cease to exist. Again, every atom would split in pieces if it were not for the sustaining word of God. So I want to challenge you this morning. I was challenged even taking communion this morning. Where does the sun rate in your life? Are you reflecting his ratings? You got a busy schedule this week, amen? I can't even keep my mind straight. There's so many things even going on today. I've not even thought about iPads and internet filters yet. I'm trying to keep that out. There's <laughs> a lot going on. We want to make sure that we are honoring God in those things that we're doing, whether it's grocery shopping or cooking or resting or loving our spouses or our children, right? It's not that they're two different things that we have God time and other time, right? It goes together. But really, you would know the answer. Where does Jesus rate in your life? The exact representation, the image of God, the creator of all things, the sustainer of everything. Where is he at in your life? And that's what I want you to think about as you go through your week. Richard Mao gives this illustration. He says, theologians tell a story to illustrate Christ's triumph and how it presently benefits our lives. Imagine a city that's under siege. The enemy that surrounds the city will not let anyone or anything leave, and the supplies are running low, and the citizens are afraid. But in the dark of the night, a spy sneaks through the enemy lines, and he has rushed to to the city to tell the people that in another place, the main enemy force has been defeated. The leaders over there have already surrendered. The people do not need to be afraid. It's only a matter of time until the besieging troops receive the news and lay down their weapons. Similarly, we may seem now to be surrounded by the forces of evil, disease, injustice, oppression, and even death. But the enemy has actually been defeated at Calvary. And things are not the way they always seem to be. It is only a matter of time until it becomes clear to all that the battle is already won. <laughs> Amen. Or it's already wanted. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? You guys, you know my life. I've lived on this book all, all of my life. I was raised in it, but I came to Christ at a young age, and I've tried to pursue Christ. I've got plenty of failures and ups and downs and fall downs. But I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Have you repented of your sins and trusted in my Savior? That's the message. Jesus said he came. He preached repentance. The kingdom of heaven is Today, if you would forsake your sins, the scripture says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, be saved. All it is is a very simple, Lord, here's the mess I've made, forgive me, and then here's my hands and my feet and my life, and you've got it, I give it to you. And that simple prayer will transform your heart, and Jesus will come to the church. Have you done that? Then those of you who had, here's my challenge for you this week, who can you tell about the song? Amen? I mean, just going through this passage just lights me up. Why would I not tell people about this person? The one who gave his own life that I could have life. This week, look for that person that the Lord puts in your path. And tell them how much that he loves them. In my little class today, when I was trying to finish up, I said, you're going to fail. 
you have to understand, I'm telling two of the smartest kids around that they're going to fail. They don't really like to hear that. They're not used to making C's or D's or F's. They get A's. But what I would remind them is who's they are, who they belong to. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are. And I am loved by you. That's what? That's what? Let's stand this morning. I'm going to go to the piano and play just for a little bit. And you are so welcome to come to the altar. Bring a friend if you like. If you have not repented of your sins or sought the Savior, we encourage you to do that today. But maybe today there's Lord's just put somebody on your heart that you need to pray for for their salvation. And maybe you need to pray for an opportunity this week uh, to come, and that it would come your way, and you'd be able to share the good news. So let's just take a few moments this morning, and let's pray together and seek the Lord's